On this week's episode of Third Party Controller Podcast, we talk about Warner Brothers and Turtle Rock Studios announcing co-op zombie first-person shooter Back for Blood. Also, Sega halts judgment, shipment, and digital sales in Japan following actors' arrest. And we ask each other a series of questions in Get to Know Me Video Games Edition. All that and more on this week's episode of Third Party Controller Podcast. Let's get it going. Welcome to Therapeutic Controller Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse P.S. Liver with... Beto Esparza. And... Joe Ramirez. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Therapeutic Controller Podcast. It's great to get the band back together again. What's this? Day... Week three with Joe? Yeah. Week three with Joe Ramirez. Joe, how's it feel? I don't know, man. I'm starting to get a little claustrophobic. <laughs> what do you mean? Nah, these guys are just crowding me. I don't know, man. It. I don't know. I'm just joking. No. Uh, it's cool to be back, man. Cool to be cool to be back on the show on a regular basis. Yeah, I, we missed you. I missed you. I feel like I was missed. No. I know the quality of the show has gone drastically up since I've been back. It um, has. But except for the week Bethel hosted, that was pretty good. Um, but uh, hopefully we're good to go, and hopefully I do not sound like. I'm extremely loud this week. Yeah, I, I I noticed that from the week before. You were really loud. So You know how I know that, Jesse? Because I listen to the podcast. See, here's the thing. Joe has probably only ever listened to, <clears throat> out of almost 196 episodes we've done, Joe has probably listened to four? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh, there was something I forgot to tell you. Uh, the episode that Bethel hosted was probably our largest, uh, viewed, listened to episode this year. Wow. You're welcome. It was, it was up there. It was freaking wow. high up there. So you should just be hosting from now um, on, right? The one, yeah, that's what I was thinking. The one with Trino was originally the, the highest one for the year. And then it, yours just beat it. Boom. Take that Trino. Ooh. I haven't checked the numbers for... <laughs> Uh, last week's episode, but with how loud, more. <laughs> with how loud, with how loud Joe's Joe was, probably people tuned out. You never know. Probably you I know? would too. I wanted to. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, it was popping way too much. There was no way I could fix it. Even when I lowered it, like as much as I can, you still heard the pops. Pop, pop, pop. So, sorry. All right, Beto, what's up, fool? Where you going, fool? To my pad, fool. For reals, fool. Nah, fool. I'm going to the store, fool. What's up? For real, I'm going to the store. That's fucked up. For reals, fool. For reals, fool. Yeah, fool. For reals, fool. Yeah, fool. Damn, fool. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. It's not cool. Don't never lie to friends. I play a little bit more Devil Devil May Cry. It's it's very hard. I can't. I can't beat the first. Oh, was it a demon? The yeah. devil? Whatever. Uh-huh. Demon. He keeps kicking my ass. Um I'm not de- I, I took I took a couple of days off and I just kinda forgot how to play and how to like use certain like the hand and stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm kinda trying to I'm I I'm getting back into it so I can get used to the controller. But I had a little bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Still have some trouble with it, but Yeah, I can't just I I 
tried fighting the the demon a couple of times and I just kept dying. So I just stopped. Then I started playing uh, a couple couple I don't know, a while ago about Owl Boy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, for the Switch, right? Yeah, I bought it on the Switch. So I started playing it. It's 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 really pretty for me, like a two D game. Uh-huh. It's, it's, the characters are adorable too, but it's kind of mean. Like like the story is like a this owl. He's deaf. His name's uh, I forget his name. Owl Otis? Boy? Otis. Oh, okay. Something like that. But um, his like a teacher, he's like teaching him certain things, uh-huh. how to do certain things, and he's and he can't. I mean, he's not very good at at uh, at um. Whatever it is that they're trying to teach him. Mm-hmm. So the teacher's like super fucking mean. He's like, you really disappoint me. You're always disappointing me. And all this stuff. is like, why, 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 why are you talking to him? Like, he's, he's so just mean. a little deaf owl. Yeah. So I feel all bad about it. But uh, going through it, it's it's pretty cool because just, you're just the owl. You can't really shoot anything. Uh-huh. But what you can do is grab. You have a friend. You grab, grab him and he shoots for you. So you just have him on... on like he grabs him by the, with the tail with his talons. Yeah, picks him up, and the guy, the guy you carry, is like shooting the enemies. Uh-huh. So I, I've only gotten him, but I, I think you can get more, more friends that do different things. But uh, it's pretty cool just going through the I, I played probably like an hour of it, but going through certain like I don't even know if they're like little areas that are kind of like dungeons. Yeah, going through those was fun because there's kind of like little puzzle aspects to the game. So. Mm. Where you use your your partner, you put them on like a platform. It opens a door, and then you can get through the door and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been fun so far. Uh, I've, I've I've fought a I fought one boss. It was kind of hard at first because I was trying to just figure out how how to beat him because this guy had like a mask on, kind of. It was like a big old think of like a rhinos, rhinoceros, uh-huh. and then it had a big old mask on, over him. Kind of like a cloak or something, or a, something, but it looked more like a mask. So you would go behind him and hit him because the front, like it's it's it protects the uh, the front of his body. Uh-huh. And then you jump behind him and you hit him and his mask falls off. That's when you gotta pick up your friend and shoot him. Oh, okay. So it was like that, but I was trying to figure out. I was like, fuck, man, I don't know what to do. So it took me a while, but once I got the hang of it, it was super easy. So I'm just just playing through that. Um, is the gameplay is the gameplay kind of similar to something you've played before in the past, or is it kind of unique in its own way? I've never played anything like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so just trying to get used to controlling him, and then your friend is kind of hard at first because mm-hmm. there's like different buttons. You hit the uh, the ZL button or LZ button where to pick them up, and then I kept messing up and dropping him. So I like I got super high. And I dropped the guy. I was like, oh, no, he fucking died. But he's just down there, just waiting for you. Nothing happens to him. Uh-huh. So he's pretty much invincible. Uh, your buddy is invincible, but you're not, obviously, because it'd be a fucking boring game. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think of, I, I can't think of a game that's that's similar to this. Yeah. Um, That's it. That's all I've played, really. But I, uh... I'm not done watching Atlanta, but I saw the Teddy Perkins episode of Atlanta Jump. <laughs> it's Teddy Perkins? Teddy, Teddy Perkins. Okay, you said Teddy. Theodore. Theodore Perkins. It. Yeah. It's fucking... I saw it three times. 
Because it's, like, it's it's not one of those episodes where you watch it and then uh, rewatching it, you kind of get hints like of, of shit that, that that happens after. Yeah. Like you know, you said, uh, well, you watch Get Out, and then knowing what happens, you kind of see some stuff like clues, mm-hmm. hints that that fucking give away the ending. Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was just a straight story, story being told. I mean, it's a kind of not really that much of a twist, but it's but it really, wasn't too crazy. It's really like its own standalone episode. Yeah. It really doesn't need to be like it, it, you could just watch it. Like if you don't want to watch Atlanta, show, yeah. you just put that episode on and you'll you, you'll know it. You know, okay. Yeah, there. I had to look it up. It's called a bottle episode. A bottle episode. Yeah, I don't know why it's called that, but it's just a, a episode in a series that doesn't really deal with main characters. It's a character in the, in the in that world, but not really a part of the main characters. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the main characters. But it just doesn't really involve the um, Donald Glover's character, Donald Glover's character, or his cousin. I forgot a paperboy. Mm-hmm. I make like one small yeah cameo like, in it really quick when they were talking over the phone. But yeah, it's just like the this fucking episode is like it's it, it's pretty much like telling. Like a story, kind of like a uh, Michael Jackson, like an abusive father and like a really good artist. Mm-hmm. But uh, just all the stuff that happens through it, it's it was fucking eerie, like intense. That like at certain parts, like fuck, what the fuck is gonna happen? Is this guy gonna make it out alive? Mm-hmm. There's like no music. There's no yeah. score. There's no nothing to the entire episode. It's just it's it's very it, and it does a really good job of just like as the the episode progresses of just like creating the sense of dread that you like you'd expect from like a horror movie and uh i mean there's a couple of funny moments in yeah. it like and they're, but they're not even really that funny no. they're just kind of like all right you know you, you laugh but just it's 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 his own thing man i mean i would say it's definitely worth a watch you know like watching watching the like from the beginning oh oh there's some stuff that kind of made me laugh with them like things started getting more serious and like more tense and just like oh shit uh, I was kind of like tensing up the whole time like my, my stomach when it wasn't a knot just mm-hmm. like oh shit what the fuck's gonna happen but yeah it's been like a, it's it's such a good episode like that's probably their best episode so far oh really yeah fuck it's so good what's it, it since he shows up in season 2 yeah mm. um would you say now cause I know we had that we had kind of talked about it um um would you say that because remember at first you were like I like season one better you're yeah. just starting season two how do you feel now yeah season two has been better so yeah. far it starts it, off well, not slow but I mean it does it picks up like yeah, yeah like in, and the episode a couple episodes after that were were uh Albert right mm-hmm. when he gets lost in the woods that was fucked up too like this is an episode where one of these gets lost in the woods mm-hmm. and it's just him trying to get out and it's fucking it's it's it just looking at it because they zoom out and in, in Atlanta, it was like a giant rainforest. Yeah. Kinda. I was like, go to the woods. And it's just so much fucking green. And he's like, fuck, for like, how's he going to get out? Because it's like all around it, they're kind of zoomed out. Mm-hmm. And it was just nothing but trees. Like, you don't see a road anywhere. So I'm just like, fuck. And just thinking like, fuck, what if, I, what if that happens to like me? Like, I'd be fucking, yeah. I'd probably die. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, when Paperboy goes to get to... His haircut. Oh yeah, that episode was fucking fantastic. That fucking dude. episode pissed me off too. But um, his reasoning too. How he was like, "Come on, man, you had a good day." Like, <laughs> I just that episode for me. So it was just, it, I I could feel, uh, like at the very end when 
you know, like, I mean, at this point, uh, it's not as worthy, but at the very end where he goes back to the barbershop. Yeah. And he's thinking, you know, like, ah, and then, like, he sits and he realizes. Like, he doesn't know how to get his haircut. By anyone else. <laughs> so he's kind of, like, stuck. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, I, there's a lot of people that that exactly has happened to, probably. Where they're just like, fuck, I can't trust anyone else. Yeah. Um, man, like, I, I, I really like those kinds of episodes. It, it reminded me of, uh, there's one episode of uh, Breaking Bad. Remember the episode the of fly? fly? Yeah, that's all it was. It was just an episode yeah. of him trying to kill a fly, and it was so fucking fucking good that uh, it's it reminded me of um, a Looney Tunes cartoon like Wiley e. Coyote trying to kill trying to get the Roadrunner mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out how certain ways to kill the uh, the fly so it won't contaminate the the meth. Basically, like standalone episodes in the season. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. A lot like, of shows don't do that anymore. It breaks breaks the monotony of the yeah. of the series. Even though like the series has been really good, it's 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 fun to see that type of episode. Yeah. Even though it's got, it's it's it was a really weird episode, but there's some really weird stuff that happens in the show already, so it's kind of not as weird because there's other stuff like the the fucking this one uh, episode where they talk about an invisible car, and then it they end up showing the invisible car. Yeah. It's it's pretty funny, but it's just like some really weird shit that happens like that. And it's like an offhand comment too. Yeah, it's yeah. like really just like oh yeah, and then all of a sudden they're like oh fuck there it is. <laughs> you, you even have to like do a double take. You're like what the fuck? What was that? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's all I've been doing. What about you, Joe? What's up? What's up? Um, I got to play pretty much just Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to. I didn't. I, I've been trying to get back into Madden this season, but I haven't, which has been unfortunate because my team is now one in four. Whoa! All my games being. Uh, all my games have been. Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, simulated, as the season's been pushing forward. So, um, I'm trying to shore up my team because I got a lot of money to spend. But I don't know about you, yeah. but I got. I got like I'm loaded right now. My team's got like fifty, sixty million dollars in cap space. I'm like the real Raiders. <laughs> but um uh played that. Played Destiny still playing some Destiny. Um This was a rough week because I had a I had I was pretty busy and then I had a, a test at school this week, so I didn't have a lot of time to play since last week. Um let's trying to think what else. Uh, oh, I did a, uh, you know, I did watch, I told you guys about it earlier. I watched a really cool documentary. I don't know if any of you, anyone out there has seen it. It's called, uh, Do you know about dreams of sushi. I've <laughs> seen that too. That's a really good documentary. Um, I saw the lost arcade. It's oh, on, yeah. uh, Amazon prime right now. What's it about? So pretty much. <laughs> oh wait, before you say anything, hold on. Um, it's like Joe mentioned, he mentioned this to us. Let me let me give you a little deep dive inside of how we conversate with each other. Um, Appropriate. J- this morning, Joe was like, "If you guys haven't seen it already, check out the Lost Arcade on Prime." I said, "What's it about? Climate change?" Bethel says, "No, they found an arcade in one of the Aztec pyramids. It's about that." I text back, "Oh shit, was it Altered Beast?" And Joe puts an emoji of a. Uh, a yellow, the one of the characters, the emoji character, of him putting his hand on his face, and Joe says, "Never mind, don't watch it." <laughs> <laughs> and then Beto, Beto just puts a gif of an altered beast guy transforming into a wolf. So, yeah, that's how we conversate. Um, so the Lost Arcade pretty much kind of just it kind of goes back and follows 
um, the kind of like the history and like the beginning of sort of, and then like the closing of one of the last arcades in New York City. Okay, uh, so Ch- basically focused in America. Yes. Yeah. It just this one in in New York City. It was called the Chinatown Fair. Um, it was opened up. I forgot. I don't know how many years. Probably like thirty. I think I want to say it was thirty years. It lasted. Uh, it started with just you know like the ga- like the, the games and stuff, and it was pretty much just one dude who had this arcade. Um, I'm not sure if he was what 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 nationality he was. I, I want to say Indian or, or something like that, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, who ran this arcade and he basically did all like he worked it. He mm-hmm. did all of the um, refurbishing. He he fixed all the machines. It, it was his basically his life. He he covered it, and then the community that grew around. Um, that arcade, especially, I would say, you know, like in the mid nineties, you know, when arcades were really a big thing, you know, like yeah. in the eighties uh, up to big nineties, um, it talked, it just brought up a lot of stuff, brings up the fighting game, the competitive fighting uh, game community that was built there. A lot mm-hmm. of guys, you know, started to, um, play there. They always had, um, and then, uh, they like, you know, it was had just like a, a huge community and it was, it was funny cause it was like, it, it kind of goes back to kind of saying like there was a bunch of different arcades and everyone went to different arcades and at the Chinatown fair, you really didn't cause it was in Chinatown. So you didn't really go there cause they were like, it was rough. You, you know, if you weren't from around that area and you went there, you were going to get hit up or you were going to get, yeah, you're, yeah, you're just being like, you know, you could get beat up by, by the, the guys there. Yeah. The locals. So, but as time went on, you know, more and more arcades were closing. So people didn't, you know, people that wanted to go to arcades didn't have a place to uh, a home base. So, Basically, what happens is, is Chinatown Fair is the last arcade left, so everyone starts to migrate there, and it just became this place where, um, where it was the last spot where people could go and play these arcade games. You know, like uh, and 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 um, there's a couple of guys there that two of them, like two guys that end up working at the shop. Um, yeah. One of them kind of basically, he, he his story is kind of like, well, you know, I my family didn't give me a key to go home. So when I went to school in the morning, I couldn't go home until like eight or nine at night. So I had to go somewhere, you know? And he was like, and, and he's like, I was asking him, why don't, why don't you give me a key? And his parents just, they never, he's like, I don't know. They didn't trust me. So they never gave me a key. So he would go to the arcade. And then he's, he kind of was, he mentions that over time he built up kind of a friendship with, um, the owner and he ended up working there, like doing some stuff, you know? And then they go back to the owner and the owner's like, yeah, I, I, um, you know, I hired him. He was a trustworthy kid. Um, and then there was another guy also, uh, who, uh, a black kid who, you know, tells his story is basically like, I grew up in foster homes. Um, I ended up in a foster home that was really good. He's like, I ended up leaving because it just didn't work out. So I was homeless and I would, I lived on the streets pretty much, you know? And he just talked about how that arcade became this, like that was his everything. He said he would go there and he started hustling. He'd basically be like, he'd look under the machines for quarters and he was, he was like, I'd spend half the money that I'd find on on playing games and the other half on food. That was my hustle. And then he's like, and over time, he's, he just got so into the games. But he was like, I started realizing like I'm spending 90% of my money on the games and only 10% on the food. Eventually, he gets a job there. You know, he, you know, they, he gets to work there. And it's just interesting because he's like, he even talks about how he's like, I, it, that's a really cool part of the story. He's just like, I never really trusted. He's like, I never really trusted adults. That guy, the owner of the shop, was the only man I trusted. He was the only mm-hmm. guy I felt comfortable, only uh, adult person I felt comfortable around. Yeah. And even tell the story, like, he was like, I, I was fired by him 12, like 13 times. 
He's like, oh, so I was hired 14 times by him. And and they go back to the guy and he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, when he didn't do the thing, I, I would tell him, you gotta go, you're fired, you know? And But he would always hire him back because he did like him. He cared, you know, he cared about him. And it basically just kind of follows his whole, through the closing of that, finally that spot closes and there's nothing left. Actually, one cool little tidbit is like uh, when Street Fighter 4 was announced, remember Street Fighter 4 was the first um, Street Fighter game that was, was basically wasn't going to get an arcade release at launch. It mm -hmm. was going to be console first. Uh, one Street of the Fighter guys, five. wasn't it 4? Four? 4 was an arcade. In Japan. Yeah. In the United Not States. Not in America, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the United States, so what one of the the one of the, kid, the guys that worked there took it upon himself, created his own cabinet and imported Street Fighter 4 eight months before the Japanese version I beat. So they made a cabinet eight months before it came out in the US. Oh, so cool. Chinatown Fair was the only place that had that. Yeah. And then they said that once Street Fighter 4 came out here in the United States and it was on consoles, that basically signified it signaled the end and, and it was done. Um the guy that worked for the guy that one of the kids that not the um actually both of them they work in the same spot now created final level which i'm sure you've heard of right the, they stream yeah. the tournaments yeah. yeah once chinatown fair closed these guys ended up opening final final level and they opened the shop up and it kind of just follows the aftermath them building that shop up then someone else kind of starts up chinatown fair again and and uh, a different person opens it up, so it's it's another, but it's not the same anymore. You know, it's kind of like more for, yeah, yeah. for families, and it's just watching their reactions. Like, you know, these guys that grew up or raised there, they get to go back and see this place now, but it's not what it was. Mm -hmm. And you know, like like you you have a lot of resentment, especially one of the guys is just like, he's just mad. He's like, it's not what it was, because you know how some people are like, you know, they remember it a specific way, and if it changes, that's just they yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. So like that's one one of the guys' reactions is just like that, but over time you're like, well, this place, you know, it's not the same. It's 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 a lot has changed, but you know, slowly but surely you start realizing like like people still go and people are like, yeah, I still go because it's still an arcade. And then you kind of find you come to find out like, yeah, this place is actually catering to people that are into like the music game genre, which I didn't realize. There's a lot of games that oh, yeah, you've not team, even fucking yeah. I've never even seen before yeah, yeah, all yeah, Japanese and, and, and yeah and, and this place was starting to get them so like it started to create its own thing and that's kind of where it, it ends but you know there's a lot of other stuff in between um, it's a fucking great documentary I don't like, have to watch it anymore yeah it's, it's, the whole thing. yeah you fucking really spoiled it <laughs> don't fucking put it on there yeah. that's um, really good I, that's cool you told me about it I started watching it earlier today mm -hmm. and uh, the narrator sounded like really pretentious so I turned it off I said, a little bit yeah, I would say yeah. Really? There's yeah. No, but I I didn't turn it off because I said fuck. It. I just went. I I had to go get some meat because I was starving. <laughs> and I just left. He does come up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's there's characters like there's gonna be characters in there where like like you could almost microphone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Man, they need to put fucking King King of Kong in one of these goddamn streaming services. Yeah. I don't know why that's never been put on. Such a good one. That was the first thing I watched on Netflix. Yeah. When no, I that was the second thing I watched on Netflix. Yeah. I watched uh, porn. Damn, fucking porn, you stupid fucking <laughs> like bitch. YouTube had porn, remember? I, had, I watched Basic Instinct. Did you really? No. <laughs> I watched uh, the Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Steroids documentary. Oh, okay. I remember before when Netflix first started, they would have like shitty movies, but like got shit done of cool documentaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And now, like every every uh, white documentarian like sounds the same now. Yeah. They all sound like fucking Michael Moore. Mm -hmm. Really high pitched voice like this. 
And then the steroids hit my butt cheeks, and my butt cheeks got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I uh, watched the last Ar- Lost Arcade. Uh, great documentary about you know the one of the last arcades in in New York, and I think everyone should watch it. Yeah, you should really just cut everything else out. I was actually should have just told that to you guys. Just leave it at that. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty much been it, man. This was a not a not a big week of gaming for me, unfortunately. Not enough time. Jesse, what's up, Will? Uh, same here. Like, I did not have that much time to game. Um, I played more Devil May Cry. I, not, not as much as I wanted to, but I finally got to where you control Dante, and that's where I stopped. So I haven't <laughs> I haven't controlled him yet. Uh, but what I've played so far, I like. I think I'm like I'm on chapter eight, and there's 20 chapters, if I'm correct. So, but I'm digging it. It's it's just Devil May Cry, same stuff I said last week. Like, it's just really stylish. The just everything's so over the top and just yeah. weird. Oh, it's yeah. not meant say, to like, be. Yeah. There's a part where I forgot to mention this. How I, I like how over over the top it is because uh, there's one part where you, f- when you first meet that big the big old demon at yeah. the church, uh-huh. he throws like a like a bus at you or something, and oh, he yeah. like it perfectly falls on him, but where the door where the door is, so he falls in, oh, yeah. inside of the car, and the car flips over all crazy, and he pops out of the out of the bus like nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so stupid, but it's it's funny. Yeah. Um, the more the more and more Nico shows up and talks, I like her accent, even though it's 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 really, really thick and yeah. like that and like this. very exaggerated. It is very, but after a while, but I'm like also oh, very I like stereotypical it. and unbelievable. No, but it's so the the whole thing's so over the top that it's just like yeah, that's fine. It wouldn't work on like a movie where an actress is trying to play a character in a serious movie, and you're like that's way too over the top. But because it's so over the top, I just like how how her voice is. It's not over the top because that's too much still. But uh, no, I mean, Devil May Cry is still good. Um, but yeah, this week just not really. I was thinking like, fuck, man, I'm not gonna have that much to talk about. But I found a game that was on sale, and I was like, oh, and I know it's one of Joe's favorites. And I was like, you know what? I haven't played this in a long time. I'm gonna purchase this remake they did and play it i picked up the remake of for the nintendo 3ds mario and luigi's superstar saga that game game is so funny and it reminded me of what joe was seeing actually i think it was last week where that type of turn-based rpg style of you being able to when mario jumps if you time it and hit the jump Mm -hmm. and, and and hit it you get more attack points and it's kind of like or hit points on the enemy it's kind of like an addiction to like dodge their attacks because you can jump and dodge their attacks and then hit them too and when they come to attack you that it's kind of like addictive to try to not get hit yeah you know just try not to do that and when you level up you can there'll be a randomizer where it could add extra points depending on what um whether it's your power your level your strength your mustache uh, your luck, any of those type of stats, you can increase those. What's the mustache do? Uh, fuck, I read it. Uh, I think it is. No, it's not luck. What was the mustache for? I forget, but I ended up choosing it. it smells nicer, probably. Um, but that game, Going when it comes to to dialogue and just gameplay, it's really fun. It's it's yeah. And um, I do miss the kind of the remake is based on the Luigi's dream. Dream or Mario and Luigi's um, Dream Boat. 
Dream Star Soccer? I forget what the the one they originally did for 3DS. They took that engine and pretty much remade the first one in that engine, which isn't bad. But when the original Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga came out in Game Boy Advance, um, it was more of like a cartoon type of drawing uh, of the character sprites. And this one, it's more of like a... Think of it like a pastel colored look instead of the black lines around them. Which isn't, I mean, visually, it's a huge difference. I miss that, you know, but this is still looks really good. I just kind of wish you had an option to like, hey, let's make it look like the original. And But like, you know, you can switch between the two. But I get it, you know, no big deal. It doesn't really change anything that much. But uh, no, just playing through that and, and, and something like that, like an RPG in, in the gameplay it had that, that it had was just really fun. And I just remembered how well, how like well written that game is and how funny it is i can't like stress that enough so like i got it for pretty cheap so uh, it was like a no-brainer and they also ended up doing uh bowser's inside story the mario and luigi's bowser one so i'm like oh once that goes on sale i'm gonna get that one too but those are fun games um I, so that's yeah this week it, it was pretty much that just devil may cry and mario and luigi superstar saga when i had time so i was just kind of busy Didn't. I, lost, I lost my 3ds charger did you? Oh, I, I know where it is. It's just going to take a while to dig it out. Oh, yeah? Oh, correction. I said uh, George McFly. I meant Marty McFly. After you said Dream, I said Dreamboat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just been catching up with Game of Thrones. So when the new season comes out next month, that's pretty much it. That's all I've been doing. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So see you in a bit. Hello, you're listening to 3PC News with your hosts, Jesse Lira, Robert Esparza, and Joe Ramirez. No Man's Sky Beyond has been announced, and the first part of this new free update will be No Man's Sky Online. Unveiled by developer Hello Games and Sean Murray, No Man's Sky Beyond will arrive this summer on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC and will contain three major updates rolled into one larger free release. The first and only currently known component of this update will be No Man's Sky Online. In Murray's own words, No Man's Sky Online includes a radical new social and multiplayer experience which empowers players everywhere in the universe to meet and play together. He isn't calling it a traditional MMO even though it will have many recognizable online elements as it will require no subscription, won't feature any microtransactions, and will simply be a free update to all No Man's Sky players. No Man's Sky Beyond is the next evolution of what began as the game's last major update, No Man's Sky Next, which introduces the beginning of Hello Games' multiplayer plan, a third-person perspective, and much more. So it's pretty crazy with, like, the we've talked about this before on the show, but, like, with how people were, you know, when they first showed No Man's Sky, like, there was interest on it. And then I think everyone just got super overboard on it. And then when it released, it was not what people hyped it up to be, or their expectations, or even what Hello Games promised. And as the years have kind of gone by, they've kind of, without really needing, not not saying that they needed to, they technically didn't have to. Everyone was already like, all right, this sucks. Like, we're not happy with it. We're done. 
they're just coming out with all this free content and free updates and basically giving people the game that they thought it was going to be. So I think them doing that, that's pretty cool. But I mean, what do you guys think of it? Or do you think it's a waste of time for them or? Uh, no, because it seems to have gotten, it seems to have kind of found its footing uh-huh. like afterwards. I mean, maybe it's, it didn't become like the gigantic you know, success that they were hoping it was going to be. It was hyped to be. But I, I, it, it always seemed to me like every time you hear an update comes out and it gets closer to what they had initially envisioned, it seems to be they seem to be building that goodwill. They're doing a real good job of like not screw. It seems like they're doing a good job of like not fucking people's progression up and not screwing things up. And it's also a different kind of game. So you know how like you know take for example Fallout seventy six. It seems like every time they update that game, something goes something wrong. goes wrong. But it's also it's a different kind of game. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's more, it's got the PVP PVE and it's just different where no man's sky is more just that, in, you know, it definitely, it's got that player. It's player versus enemy, but it's really whatever you want. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, ex- it's more about the exploration. So I feel like it seems like it's been an easier, it's, they've had a, a less rough time when it comes to those updates. Plus, you know, now they're giving people a lot of that, you know, a lot of, of new stuff including that multiplayer thing where i'm like oh wow that's that's really that seems really really cool um it seems to have found its footing it's just really disappointing that you know again when we talk about a game being talked about and hyped and you know it you you get it in whatever state it's in kind of like you know and it's not unsimilar to games like fallout 76 or anthem where you get it and you're like dude this isn't done yeah or this didn't bake enough Mm -hmm. you know it still probably affected that bottom line that this game could have had had it released in a in a much better state. You know, I think at this point there are they're they're starting to add stuff that wasn't even talked about before. You know, they're they're putting yeah. more stuff into it, which is cool. But you still have that period where you know in the beginning people were just like, "What the fuck is this?" You know. So I mean, good for them though for for continuing. You know, they they stuck to their guns and they're supporting it. You know. Yeah, making it free, and at the same time they didn't have to. People, yeah. I mean. They didn't have to, and yeah, I don't know. Better, what do you think? That's uh, cool that they're still working on it. That they're still improving um, that game. Uh, they, yeah, like you said, they, they could have just easily abandoned it and just worked on whatever was next. But yeah, they decided to make it improve on it. I don't. You think like maybe the whoever worked on it was like, "Fuck, man, we released a piece of shit. Let's try to fix this." You think well, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I was thinking too. Like hearing Joe talk about yeah. it and them doing all this, it's like they didn't have to. Yeah. Not saying that they didn't have to, but does that make sense? Like they they could have just released it. Everyone wanted to talk shit, and then they could have just walked away. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah. And then they 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 are doing more. So I think it is that like, man, we really fucked up. <laughs> like let's just fix this. Yeah. Let's not say anything and just start putting shit out, you know? But unlike another series, during Inside Xbox, it was confirmed that Halo Reach will be headed to Halo, the Master Chief Collection, for Xbox One and PC. This reveal comes alongside the news that Halo Master Chief Collection, which originally released in 2014 for Xbox One, will finally make its way to the PC. On Xbox One, Halo Reach multiplayer will be included for all owners for the Master Chief Collection, while the Campaign and Firefight mode will be available for purchase. For Xbox Game Pass subscribers, all Halo Reach will be available for free. 
Halo Reach on PC will arrive as one package and will be the first game released for PC on Halo The Master Chief Collection. The rest of the titles will be released one by one in chronological order. Halo Reach was originally released on the Xbox 360 in 2010 and was the final game that was developed by Bungie before they moved on to create such titles as Destiny 1 and 2. So, look, I always talk smack about Master Chief Collection. You know, we were talking about No Man's Sky and they're giving all this free updates. And Master Chief, you know, kind of didn't start out, come out, you know, with a bang. And some stuff was free. Some stuff they charged for. I don't know. Pretty much. Them coming out with Reach. Okay, that's cool. Multiplayer stuff is free, but if you want a single player campaign, you're going to have to buy that separately. Uh, not saying that they had to give it for free, but where you had No Man's Sky, then you had Master Chief Collection. I'm much harder on the Master Chief Collection just because how it, how it came out. How it was. How it didn't work. I'm more negative toward that than I am No Man's Sky. Because I think with No Man's Sky, I was more like, hey, here's a here's a new game that has promise, but I'm not 100% sure on it. And while everyone was losing their minds, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't know if it's the greatest game ever, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now you had the Master Chief Collection. You can say, hey, Jesse, you're you're over-exaggerating. You're, you're saying, oh, it's cool that No Man's Sky is doing this, but oh, Halo's doing this now that you're giving them shit? Well, people, I'll give you an example. Master Chief was already a well-established franchise with multiple games. I was excited. They said, hey, we're putting everything together. Everyone can play online, any version you want, ready to go day one. And what happened? It didn't work for a long time. Still was getting updates years later. And it kind of it kind of lost me within that first year. Yeah. So I'm more judgmental on that because that was an established franchise where No Man's Sky was a new a new IP. And also with new IPs, you never know. Yeah, maybe this could be great or maybe it could be horrible. You know? So, but I mean, it's cool that they're doing this with the Master Chief Collection. I'm just kind of like, I don't care anymore. Same. I really don't care about Halo anymore yeah. or any of that bullshit. Joe? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's... It's like, pretty much like you said. It's cool that it's easy to get crit to be more critical with um, with um, or with Bungie. The, well with the Halo yeah. and the Master Chief, and that's just one of those things where it's just like you know they're still trying to get that to work, like like to still fix bugs. It seems like I don't know. I kind of just I gave up on that a long time ago, and I mean it is cool. Like you said, it is cool that they're putting that that they're putting the effort into it, but. Um, yeah, I don't, at this point, it's like, I don't really care yeah. about that collection. Mm. I Halo, had, Halo Wars, though. <laughs> <clears throat> Sega has announced a voluntary halt on shipment and digital sales of Judgment, Judgeize, in Japan, following news of actor Pierre Taki's arrest for allegedly using cocaine in violation of Japan's drug control law. Taki plays the role of Koyohi Hamura in Judgment. Hamura is the captain of the Matsugana family. In a press release, Sega said, Sega has received the arrest report and is currently confirmed, is confirming the facts, but for the first time being, we will voluntarily, voluntarily refrain from shipment and digital sales of Judgment. 
as well as from things like posting the product's homepage. We apologize for any inconvenience this may cause for customers, as well as the parties involved. In a tweet, Sega added its tweet related to judgment has also been deleted. Sega will make an announcement regarding its future course of action as soon as a decision is made. Judgment launched for the PlayStation 4 in December 2018 in Japan and is due out in America and Europe on June 25th. There is no word whether Taki's arrest will affect the Western release. It should be noted that when Sega re-released Yakuza 4 for PlayStation 4 in Japan this January, Masayoshi Tanamura, one of the game's four playable protagonists, was recast to be played by Toshiki Masuda due to the original actor, Nararomiya, retiring in 2016 following allegations of a cocaine abuse. There was an update. The Wall Street Journal reported Takashi Masachuzuki reported on Twitter that Sega is currently discussing a course of actions regarding the, rele the Western release of Judgment and a decision has not yet been made. <sighs> Look. Judgment. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. What? Thank you, Bethel, for that little <laughs> clip. Um, look, in America, when we hear that actors do cocaine, we're like, yeah, all actors do drugs. In Japan, it's a bigger thing. I completely 100% understand that. Sega could do whatever they want. I hope the June release of the of the Western release for Judgment doesn't get delayed because I think June's a perfect fucking day or month for us to get it during yeah, the summer. The drought. During the drought, but... It's probably going to get delayed. It's I get it. In Japan, it's a bigger thing when it comes yeah. to drugs. In America, we're just yeah, kind of more like... Shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's... Um, I when, I, when I saw that, because I, I read about that, uh -huh. I thought it was going to be something worse. Like he like he, he like he was found with like a dead hooker or something. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's why. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> but it's yeah. like cocaine. Over here, cocaine, like that shit, that shit will help sell a fucking game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know they there's like a like when you travel to Japan, one of the things that you read about is like, you know like uh, advice and stuff like that. When you come over, it's like the drug thing is always huge. It's really yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like do not get caught or do not take. You know you you will be. And then yeah, I was reading that in Japan, they can hold you up to three weeks. Uh, they can hold you up to three weeks uh, without charging you with anything. So, I mean. It, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 crazy and uh, and um yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I like wouldn't some be surprised if that game didn't even get released or doesn't get any you know gets just dropped completely from to Japan. You know, in, in, in that region, it may never maybe not even release it again. Yeah, um, it's a possibility. Well, which might actually bring up, which might actually improve the chances of it being released in the U.S. Because they're like, we gotta re we gotta recoup make something, money. yeah. <laughs> Push, push the 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 date forward. <laughs> they released it in May. I wonder how much copies are selling right now. I never reserved it. Yeah. Well, no, meaning like the Japanese version. Yeah. When was that coming out in Japan again? It already came out in December last oh, year. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh fuck, dude. that should better not be delayed. <laughs> it probably will though. Because they might. Because someone was saying that like. Even though like here it's not a big it's not a big deal, like if it were to um, 
still be released. Like if Sega Sega was just like, no, it's fine releasing it in America, they'd still get shit in Japan for releasing it. Oh yeah, for releasing it over here. But yeah, imagine if they do release it and it like becomes big. How much? How much more upset people <laughs> about me? Yeah. That game looked cool too, man. Yeah, yeah. Same, same, same setting as a yeah. as Kamurocho. Yeah, yeah, it was Kamurocho. But yeah, I mean, all all it is is just uh, we'll keep you guys updated whenever we get news. If whoever was looking forward to it, yeah, I don't we know anybody were. that likes those games. You don't know <laughs> anyone? <laughs> I push, I push everyone at work like That's to like, hey, get this, get this, you know. There's some kid at work that he works with me. He's, he speaks Japanese, and I told him about it. He's like, "What the fuck? That sounds dope." Yeah, he didn't know. I'm like, "You speak Japanese? You don't know about Yakuza? <laughs> How dare you? He's like, but you gotta play that game with no subtitles." <laughs> Publisher Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment and Left 4 Dead developer Turtle Rock Studios has announced Back for Blood, a new game designed from the ground up as an original premium title. That marries the best of what made the co-op zombie shooter so successful with new features and state-of-the-art technology. It will be released for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and PC. We are thrilled to partner with the proven Turtle Rock Studios team on Back for Blood to advance the co-op zombie genre forward with innovative multiplayer gameplay. Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment President David Haddad said in a press release, the talented team at Turtle Rock has been developing amazing games together for a long time, and this is a great opportunity to work with them to create a new gaming universe built specifically with the large co-op zombie shooter community in mind. Turtle Rock Studios co-founder and design director Chris Ashton added, It's hard to overstate what an awesome opportunity this is. We get to return to a genre that was born in our studio with over 10 years of additional experience and zombie ideas racked up in our brains. We also have some of the best teammates in the business at Warner Brothers. Interactive Entertainment, who understand our development process and are equally committed to our player-first mentality. We love being able to announce so we can start working with the community right away. Studio co-founder and creative director Phil Robb said, We are not resting on any past laurels. Our goal is to take all we've learned and push forward. We know that's a tall order. We're growing the team considerably because we're stepping up to the biggest challenge in this studio's history. We know this title has to stand out, and we fully intend to make that happen. We're, we're going to get that, and all you're going to hear is Joe go, Can someone help me? So this I saved m- your ass. <laughs> so, like- again, I'm going to read through something that... Um, Better than hearing Jesse scream. This is... this is Actually, it's not. That's actually... Much this is something... Okay, so... When Jesse screams, it sounds like a Japanese girl. So, yeah, it does. Um, so... Beto sent us the information about Turtle Rock Studios and Warner Brothers game making pretty much the next Left 4 Dead. What's um, it called again? Back for Blood? Back for Blood. Back in Black. Back in Black. <laughs> blood in Blood Out. Um, Beto put, put, sent the link to it and said, Can somebody help me? And that was something you want to explain what that was from, Joe? <laughs> something that I would occasionally say when we would play uh, Left 4 Dead together. Why? Because I would get in. Uh, I get in some. I I get cornered by fucking zombies, man. <laughs> yeah. The goddamn director hated me, dude. He was always yeah. fucking sending shit my way. So in, in, in Left 4 Dead, like sometimes there would be the director, which could randomly put zombies and attack people or send more zombies in Joe. the game <laughs> to Joe. Yeah, and basically, Joe. one time Joe was getting oh, no. attacked, and me and Bethel were running away, and you just hear Joe. Through online going, can somebody help me? Even though we were like completely ignoring Joe. 
or doing our own thing. So that was really fun. So that's why we always make fun and laugh about that. But here's here's a little insight of how we conversate. Beto sent that and Joe says, ha ha ha. Since it's Warner Brothers games, there will be like 30 pre-order editions, each with exclusive content. I ended up saying, downloadable skin packs, each $9.99, including the season, seasonal passes. Each season pass is $49.99, does not include skin packs. Beto says, yeah, I was going to say, how will, how will Warner Brothers fuck this up? But even, uh, I went with Joe's quote instead. Joe said, there's four season passes, one for each actual season. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Make sure to pre-order the Ultimate Edition, which costs $149.99, does not come with the game or include the season pass. Joe said, you get a steel book, not actually made of steel, <laughs> and a set of stickers that don't stick. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bethel put a picture of Gollum trying to concentrate, like a gif. And Bethel goes, uh, um... I'm trying to contribute to the funnies, but can't think of anything. <laughs> and that's where it ended. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're, uh, basically our biggest thing is, like, we're excited. This is cool that Turtle Beach is working on this, but all of us had the same reaction. Like, oh, Warner <laughs> Brothers. Fucking Warner Brothers. Why would we have that reaction, guys? Because they're notorious for... For... Bullshit. <laughs> adding adding uh, uh, microtransactions to unnecessary uh, titles. Yeah. Uh, and trying to make a, uh, a dime any fucking way possible. And I want to say that Turtle Rock has picked a developer or a publisher that, you know, they, they know how to pick them. Because Turtle Rock also, they basically, was it, they, they made Evolve, right? Yeah. And I feel like when Turtle Rock made Evolve, they partnered up with Take-Two. And uh, I feel like Take Two is like the kind of sort of one of the pioneers of 18 million different special editions. And I think Evolve is one of those games where Fuck, that happened exactly. So to hear that Turtle Rock is working with Warner Brothers on this, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They're gonna they're gonna maximize. It just their- seems like they're gonna yeah, here. This is perfect. They're gonna put out like 13 uh, different versions of the game, each with a character or something that you can't get with the other ones. Um, in all seriousness, like uh, another Left 4 Dead or a Left 4 Dead spiritual successor is, I don't know. I feel like the moment's kind of gone already. You know what I mean? Like me personally, like, I don't know if, do do you think it falls into the same thing that where you had the lifestyle game like destiny come out and then there's destiny two and then Anthem tried to do that kind of like what we talked about the week before. Um, and then you have Battle Royale, which just blew up. And now you're introducing something that did come out a long time ago that no one's really doing. But will it have anyone's interest? Will people be interested in it? Are no, people going to be kind of taken aback? It's, more it's like still a, a popular. I've, I've heard that it's still like Left 4 Dead 2 still really popular. It still streams like pro, no, I, of, no, I know. But with like how, how the gaming stuff kind of changes, will people like put aside the time to okay i'm not gonna play fortnite or apex legends tonight i'm gonna play a little bit of back for blood you know if it's so what it boils down to is if it's fun if it does enough in my opinion to move that genre forward in its own right in its own way not like what anyone else does but somehow make it make move left for dead forward 
however however that is and mm -hmm. i don't know what the answer to that is if they, but it but mo most importantly if it's fun sure there, there's still room i mean people and people really do look fondly on left for dead yeah. i fucking love left for dead we had so much fun playing yeah. it. i have a lot of great memories of left for dead i want it to be a good game i just don't i don't have a lot of high hopes that it i don't have the high hopes that it's going to end up being what we would want at this mm -hmm. point or what we expect and again publisher wise i just you know the moment i hear there's gonna be like five different fucking 15 different versions of it i'm it's i'm literally gonna shit on the game i'm just gonna be like no fuck it never mind i don't want to because it's just i don't want to deal with that bullshit you know what yeah. I mean? i don't want to fucking deal with that you know i hope that doesn't happen i'd love for that game to come out and then to hear that it's great and then be like fuck it i'll play it and start playing and be like hey it's like fucking you know like it's like yeah. oh wow this is really fun even if it even if it didn't really move the genre forward but it was just fun you know what i mean yeah i would be cool let's fucking play i'll play through some more scenarios again like we played before before yeah it was fun i would consider that yeah that'd, that'd be cool uh i just i don't have a lot of hope right now i just don't know and like you know evolve itself i think too like when you look at evolve i think evolve really really suffered because of the whole release the way it was released mm -hmm. and all the way that that went down remember it was announced and then it said like if you pre-order it you get this and this and that like mm -hmm. you know, it, incentives and season passes were already part of it it's funny because like i played it like a couple of times i played the beta and i was just like i'm not ready for it. like i personally wasn't ready for this had evolved had had evolved not okay so two things if evolve had not done the whole bullshit with all those pre-orders mm -hmm. and had come out after something like left for dead i actually i actually think about that now and i'm like i might have actually fucking tried it and yeah. probably would have understood it more and had more fun with it mm -hmm. you know but it, at that time it was just like nah i don't i'm not feeling this i don't get it uh, i'm not i'm not big on that you know yeah. um and then having played because i was the first time playing something like the asymmetrical uh multiplayer game you know and then having us played and now having understanding what that's like now kind of you know what i mean yeah I played something like it for dead makes me realize like yeah that's there's there's room for that kind of game and it is a lot of fucking fun when you have a group of people to play that with you know mm -hmm. what i mean um but it's just a matter of you know I, I, with that game we just i think wrong time sort of to start with and then just all the other bullshit shit sorry i'm sorry Jeff. i'm sorry too <laughs> no that's it i was just saying this just came out at the wrong time i feel like but I hope it's good. I just don't really have that much hope for it right now. Just because pretty much just take a wait and see approach. All news and articles are from publications like IGN, Gotaku, Destructoid, and Gadget, GameSpot, and Polygon. You've been listening to 3PC News. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. I kind of saw this on Twitter and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, someone posted a Get to Know Me video game edition. So I thought it would be something fun for us to do.
we're going to do that. Pretty much uh, I'll ask everyone the questions. I let these guys know ahead of time. And we're each going to answer Get to Know Me Video Game Edition. Beto, a game that had a lasting impression on you. Um... I everybody probably knows this for regular listeners. Ninja Gaiden has been uh, a game that I've played since I was a kid and never been bored of playing it. Um, yeah, it's just so so much fun. Like I, I it's part, I'm guessing part part of it. Oh, you know what it was? Not what it was, but what I was. I mean, as kids, everybody fucking loves ninjas. Yeah, yeah, and I was really into the um, American Ninja movies. Remember those? Yeah, oh yeah. I like, would watch those a lot when I was a kid. My like Surf Ninjas, that like, any anything <laughs> with ninjas, was fucking dope. And then I got to play as an actual ninja, Ninja Gaiden, and it was mm. even fucking more awesome. Yeah, but yeah, man, Ninja Gaiden's always been my go-to game. If like, if there's any any like on the the uh, Nintendo's um, online thing service. The first thing I did was play Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, because it's, it's it's whenever it's whenever it's been on like a, a the eShop, that's the first game I buy. Like it's just it's so much fun. I never get tired of that game. Yeah, Joe, a game that had a lasting impression on you. Super Mario Brothers. The first, first one. Yeah. First one. Yeah, the original Super Mario Brothers. That was the first. This is the game that came with my NES. That pretty much. Uh, I liked, you know, I like I liked video games as a kid. I remember vaguely playing like Atari games and stuff like that when I would go over to um, cousins or my brother also had an Atari. Um, so I remember vaguely playing that stuff and it was cool, but it was never anything like it was always like, oh, yeah, I want to play. I want to play. And then like I would, you know, when we were done, it was like, yeah, that's cool. And I go on to play with, you know, toys or whatever, or just move on to whatever else I was I was into and never really had that desire to really like. I'm like I did want to play as a kid because it looked cool. Like you know, you look at those things like, oh, it's cool. I want to, I want to play. And yeah, yeah. But when I got that Nintendo and I played Super Mario Bros. for the first time, I it was, it was like a at that time a totally like fucking as a kid not realizing it, but at that time it was like a whole a totally like revolutionary new way to play games. You know, this thing was scrolling. It wasn't, you know, locked onto one screen or even the scrolling in it. Like there was stuff happening and it was just. It was so different, and really after that, it was like I just I wanted to keep playing. Like that's really where my 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 love for video games probably started. I got yeah. that console for Christmas of '86 or '87. Mm-hmm. Not sure which one it was, and you know I still love it to this day. But yeah, if it wasn't you know that that just pretty much you know open the door and, and left me with like, you know, that's why I still love really good platformers to this day. You know, mm-hmm. I love that stuff. So for me, it would be super Mario Bros. Nice. Uh, the game that had a lasting impression on me. I mean, from the day I talked shit about it at school to the day I rented it at blockbuster because a game I ended up renting that didn't have its second disc so I needed to look for a second disc game. Uh, Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation 1. Hideo Kojima's Metal Gear Solid. It was a game that, uh, uh, you know, if you guys listen, you know I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. But from the day a kid brought it to school and showed me the white cover with red letters and being like, oh, it's not a good game because it doesn't have a picture on it. 
to renting it at Blockbuster and having the cashier when I brought up the game, she ended up going, "Oh my god, this game is so cool!" When when uh when when you see the garden, you pass by the garden, you make a noise, the girl goes, "Huh," <laughs> and. <laughs> She was so ecstatic that both me and my dad looked at each other like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, what? So I was just renting it to get a second disc, two disc game, because I I tried to rent Rival Schools, and I knew that had two discs, but the second disc wasn't in there when I went into the car, because I always, I always opened up uh, the games I rented at Blockbuster to see if the games were in good condition or if they were in there. Then didn't have the second disc, told the girl it doesn't have a second disc, so I tried to find a second disc uh, game, and I saw that Metal Gear one, picked it up. The girl made that comment, and that was pretty much it. It was the first game I played when I got home. I remember being in the, the first part where you had to kind of pass the guards, and it took me like almost like an hour, almost two. And then when you get on the elevator and, and go up, like just how cinematic everything was, everything from the dialogue, the gameplay, it was something I never played before in my entire life, anything like stealth. You know, anything the way it was, trying to be sneaky, not just going into a game guns blazing that you're used to in games like Contra or just any type of shooter game, anything with weapons, you're just attacking. Even like Mario Brothers, you're just jumping and attacking. And this was more of like, no, think of what you're doing and you kind of have to figure out the routes these enemies are are going through, uh, how you can use your surroundings, sometimes depending on, on what you can do or what you collect or what you pick up. Um, everything from the story and the plot twists, even though it was part of this series that we didn't most get most of it in America, but to still feel like I was a part of it and understood it and was still, um, surprised and shocked as the story went along and as the game kept giving you something new every time and every scenario in that, in that game, Metal Gear has had such a long and lasting impression on me. From that day, I will never forget the feeling of playing that first Metal Gear Solid on PS1. The feeling of switching discs. You know, the feeling of where everyone now loves it because fucking Deadpool. But the breaking the fourth wall stuff. uh, Even taking advantage of what the console is capable of doing to kind of, you know, involve you more in the game. Just everything that that game did. Um, showed me that games can be more. And again, not talking down about stuff like Super Mario, but growing up, same as Joe, like playing Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, 3, The Legend of Zelda. Don't get me wrong, those games are amazing, but that kind of set the precedent of like, oh, this is what a game can be and that's it. And then as the industry and, and as as everything started to grow and technology grew, they took advantage of those extra things to to expand it. And improve on a lot of things. Like, yes, Metal Gear is not a platformer, but it showed me that, hey, games aren't just this. They could be so many other things. So that's been a lasting impression on me for everything I enjoy. Always, whatever it is, whether it's a um, walking simulator, whether it's a, a mobile game, anything, I'll try anything once because I don't know if I'll ever get that. Huh? Who's that? What? Huh? moment ever again you know but i've had moments with other games but the lasting impression is metal gear solid for me it's been a series that has lasted so bento (laughs) (laughs) favorite female video game character that's a tough one dude i don't know 
I mean, I'd say like the boss, really. Like it's she's because she's a bad bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I really that's this. Why is she your favorite? Yeah, the boss. I, I mean, mean, you're not wrong. It's I, your, I it's your know, favorite. It's my not character. really my favorite. I just really can't think of one. Like I don't. There isn't a lot of uh, of um female characters. Chun Li, I guess. I mean, that's, that's a tough. That's a hard one because, like, there's no real. The uh, heroine character is just kind of starting, uh-huh. so I feel like there's really. I I haven't played Tomb Raider. Uh, I haven't played enough of Last of Us to really say her. So it's, it's really a hard one because because of that. Like you, you kind of want there to be. I mean, it, it's it'd be cool if there was one when we were kids, just for for all the other girls that would play video games. Yeah, but um. Yeah, it's, it's a hard hard one for me to answer because uh, a lot of if you if I pick like Chun Li and just like why because she's fucking hot, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she fucking kicks ass, but like a lot of the, like the a guy obviously created this character. Yeah, because of the proportions, like her fucking big butt, big thighs and stuff. Uh-huh. But I mean, no, I, I can't. That's that's a tough one for me to answer. I can't answer it, and I won't answer it. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, favorite female character? You refuse. Yeah, I'm not gonna answer that. To, uh, to, to. Um, <laughs> like, I don't want to be a part of the problem. <laughs> so you, there's a lot of different ways you can go with that one, and you're right. Um, Tomb Raider is an, is an iconic character, but I don't think it's anything I would call my favorite. Yeah, character. I didn't, you know, for, for all the the Tomb Raiders from the beginning to the end, I've never felt that the character was all that uh, charismatic. Yeah, she's yeah. Every time she seemed really bland. I understand what you're what they're going for with it, but it's just you know it was based too much. Well, in the early games, it was almost campy in a way, and then the newer ones almost too based on too much like a dramatic real character. Um, I was gonna throw out a like obviously another an iconic character, but like like yeah, like or or, or Peach, Prince Peach, yeah. you know all those. Um, but I, I I'm gonna go with one that. I liked a lot and also kind of was in its own way an underrated character is uh, Juliet Starling from Lollipop Chainsaw. Oh, really yeah. one of my fucking favorite characters. Yeah, see, that's one of them character. And at that time, again, it's a game with a with a, a the lead is a female character, but it's not just a female, it's a cheerleader. And yeah, it it's it's got its own it's quirky. It's it's a lot of different things, but uh I just, I dug the character. It did a really good job. They did kind of like the whole Buffy the Vampire Vampire Slayer kind of yeah, yeah. thing with it, and they just you know created a really strong character. And I yeah. lo- I love that game. I still this day I, I still love that game. It was a lot of fun. Jesse, you. Uh, my favorite female character was one that's actually recent. Uh, I really enjoyed this character, and it's not even a character you play, but it's just a female character that I like in game. In, in the game, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2's Sadie Adler was so fucking well-written. Such a fucking badass to the point where, like, they didn't write her, like... Th- Look, depending on how you feel about a lot of things when it comes to gaming, I feel there is a lot of, like, representation of females in gaming isn't great. It's getting better. But it's taking a while. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I see it, you know? So that's why I think it, you guys have trouble finding something like that. Because for you, you're, 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't really speak for you guys, but you're looking for something that probably hasn't come out yet. A character. I don't know. But for me, like her, she wasn't written like your regular average character. Rockstar gets a lot of shit for their female characters. People always say, Rockstar, why isn't any of your lead characters female characters? And they tend to not really either answer or just be like, because they're not. You know? And that's fine. I feel if you're a, a developer, creator, whatever, uh, you shouldn't be forced into doing anything you don't want to. If you feel like you can't 100% commit to making a good character. Yeah. Uh, Sadie Adler is a character you do not control, but she's part of the story. But probably the most well-written character that I've ever seen Rockstar do. Um, not your average damsel in distress. Um, without giving too much away in the You're story. Just a bad bitch. But she was cool. Like, she just... Yeah. It, it's the type of female characters that I like. Strong, independent woman. Uh, but it's... it When there's moments in the story... And again, I, I just can't... I can't say much without ruining stuff. Where I go like, oh, they're going to go for the same old trope or they're going to do the same old thing and they don't. It was really cool. And I can't really go too much into detail without ruining it. But Sadie Adler was probably one of my favorite female characters I've seen in the game in such a long time. You know what? <laughs> like she started the KKK. She in started the game. <laughs> in the game. Um, yeah, because even like stuff like the new Tomb Raider, I felt like. When the second one came out, um, Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, I remember liking the first one. You know, it wasn't well written, but I liking the first one. And then the second one was written so poorly in the beginning that I gave up half an hour through because of it. Like, to me, it was just, like, such a waste. But, you know, you had a good thing, but it just, you know, didn't happen. But, yeah, Sadie Adler, Red Dead Redemption 2, she was, she was great, dude. She was one of my favorite female characters, so, yeah. Beto. Mm-hmm. A game that's so bad, but so good. Game that's so bad, it's so good. Uh, we played Jesse Knight. It, man, it, I, it's it's kind of tough to say that this is a bad game. Because originally, it looks terrible. Night Trap? Yeah. Was, it's, it's one of those games that's so bad, it's good. But it was actually so fucking, like, it's, it was a good game. Yeah. It just, I remember, like, as kids, like, you would see uh, Night Trap, it looked really shitty. Like, we would even watch uh, um, Broken Pixels. Yeah. They would play it, play it, and it looked so shitty, and you wanted to play it because it was so shitty, but when you actually got a chance to play it, you and me, Jesse, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it wasn't the best game, but it was a lot better than I expected it to be. Uh-huh. Uh, just the shitty acting, too, and it just, like, it's old, old fucking old footage yeah it just looks terrible the fucking Dana Plato uh, was like was, was was she like getting close to, to getting close to death <laughs> no oh. she, <laughs> she died in the early 2000s if I remember was she correctly really? yeah. I, thought, I always thought it was around that time no um but yeah it's just really cheesy game it's worth worth buying you guys find it yeah it's cheap. on the nintendo switch i'd say get it. it it's it's fun i don't know yeah. i think it's great same here joe asura's wrath so you, it is bad yeah it is i mean it's not it's, it's definitely <laughs> obviously by now just you should know that i, I mean fucking, it's so bad it's bad no it's so bad it's fucking good 
It's got a batshit fucking storyline. Yeah, I mean, cool. there's not a lot of fucking. There, there's there's parts in the game where like there's would, not. You don't even do much, and a lot of times I you're doing the same thing. I would rather watch it. It would be a great enemy. Yeah, I'm surprised. I wonder if people stream that, stream it, and just fucking play it because it's like it's yeah. it's you know. Yeah, that would be my pick. I loved every minute playing that game, as fucking <laughs> crazy and stupid as it was. A game that's so bad that's so good for me, and I want to see what, what you guys feel about it because I know how you guys feel about it. Um, American Gladiators. Oh my god! Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was, there was, honestly, there was only one get one game in that <laughs> one. What is it? One course in that game that's yeah. really fucking good. It's the rock climbing one. The the rock climbing it's one, but legitimately it's, good. It's but it's bad control wise. It's yeah. bad. It is bad, but it's good. And but the one where I watch you guys and I love watching you guys play it, but it sucks is whatever the joust the jousting one. No, uh, fuck what is the it one where you jump? It's like a human cannibal. Yeah, whatever much. the fuck that is. Like we gotta stream that. Actually, yeah. I, I was thinking about that today. But that one is so bad, but it's so good. American yeah. Gladiators for the NES. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought you were going to say State of Emergency. No, but fuck that. It's just bad in general. <laughs> fuck that fucking game. <laughs> I'm going to buy it again, though. Because it's, it's shit. What if like it gets HD remastered? <laughs> I'm offended, no. Beto, a game that hit an emotional spot in your heart. I don't I none for me I have I really I mean yeah there's some stuff that are that that happens in games that are in that can be emotional but for me I'm just like oh that sucks you know like if it's like you're thinking I don't want to bring it up I'm, I don't know well a fucking snake snake eater at the end you know that's uh-huh. yeah I understand that's that's emotional but I really video games haven't really hit that that area for me, that sensitive area, like a movie would, you know. Yeah. So I, it's, I can't. I won't answer it because I have none. <laughs> I refuse. I have none. Joe. Um. Let's see. I could always, I could always go with. Uh, I remember uh, season one of The Walking Dead. Towards the end, that was a really, really. That, that was, was really. Mine. Oh, that was your pick. You can yeah. actually have it because I was actually no, thinking no, no, about you, that. You, you, no, actually, I was I was bringing that one up because I'm like, there's a couple for me that that kind of got that. The other one that was really, really good. Maybe not the same, the same level, but still um, was Val, Val, I think Valiant Hearts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that game, that ending, that the the ending alone is just fucking. It, it's just gut wrenching in a way. Yeah. To see it through to the end. If anyone hasn't played it, it's just yeah, yeah that it. one. Huh? I never finished it. I've been wanting to get back into it. Oh, I downloaded it again. Fuck man. And then just like the narration, the way the whole thing is done, it's just a fucking the music. That one was one of the ones where I was like, Wow, it just when you watch it when you play it to the end and you get to that ending and everything, it's just it was fucking fantastic and, and definitely uh tug on my uh tugged on my heartstrings there. So for me I'll I'll say Violent Hearts for now. Yeah. Uh yeah, mine's season one of The Walking Dead. The end of it, um, Lee and Clementine. Just the decision you have to make in the end of the game. And again, the decision is since the Telltale games are like choose your own adventure. It really does depend on what you choose to do. But, um, you know, for me, it struck an emotional chord because it was taking care of somebody, 
and then having to make a tough decision at the end of it. Um, and at that time, I had two nieces that were born. Actually, three. Uh, now I have like a total of five of them. But uh, just, you know, one of my nieces, like, she's like, I don't have kids, but she's like a little daughter to me, you know? And I want to take care of her. I want her to be strong and I need her to be strong type of thing. So, you know, what happens at the end of The Walking Dead that really hit, hit close to home in that moment of like, you kind of have to have them make tough decisions and they have to kind of be strong. So, I don't know. So, for that, like... That really hit me hard. I remember that. I still remember the night I finished that game and how I felt crying like a little bitch. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I could see you doing that. Yeah. Beto, favorite game developer or studio? Um, I say Rockstar for me. Yeah. Since uh, they have. A great track record in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than State of Emergency, they haven't. They, for me, since Grand Theft Auto Three, every game has been. State of Emergency, you can kind of forgive because yeah. it was just they published it. Yeah, it? yeah. But uh, for me, that those those games have been. They've had a, such a great track record. I've like I've never really been disappointed with any other games. Yeah. Since GTA Three. Um. Yeah, just <laughs> nothing really much else to say. Just, just it's been Rockstar since then. Like I, I feel like if you mention any other developers or publishers, you you will see uh, like a couple of games that are like, eh, I don't really fucking yeah. care about that. So yeah, Rockstar for me. Then EA. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Joe. Um. Favorite game developer or studio? Um, Nintendo. Still to this day. Yeah. I would still say that they're probably still my favorite. Yeah. It's easy. Really nothing to explain yeah. outside of that. Yeah. It's Nintendo, man. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, I have to agree with Joe. That's mine, too, is Nintendo. Yeah. Because when it comes from Nintendo, again, they don't hit a... They don't bat a thousand every yeah. time, but... You know you're getting quality, and it's more about gameplay than anything else. They're not going to nickel and dime you yet, but when it comes to their games. But yeah, Nintendo is just fantastic. Uh, Beto, favorite male video game character? Uh, Ryu from Street Fighter. Hmm. Why is that? Uh, he's... Probably like the second most recognizable video game character ever. I feel for, for me. I yeah, feel like if you, oh, yeah, this is all number you one do. is Mario. Uh-huh. Then if you you could talk to somebody that played video games when they were a kid, they don't play video games at all anymore. They will. They'll, I'm pretty sure nine times out of ten they would they would mention Mario and then Ryu. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like that's he's the face of Street Fighter Two. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. And he's Street Fighter in general. Yeah. He's like he's he's just my favorite character too. I, I like playing him in Street Fighter Four a lot. I used him a lot. He was really fun. Yeah. And he just he, even though he looks plain, he still looks like a fucking badass. Yeah. Joe, favorite male video game character. Um. Oh, well, it's a tough one. Yeah. Obviously, Joe didn't do his. Uh, yeah, motherfucker. Overall, bitch. Uh, yeah. 
I don't like to. I don't like to can my fucking answers. <laughs> I like to be live. I don't like to step myself in a bubble. Um. Mario. <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah, that. might as well just be, huh? It just saves the day, man. Huh? Mario. It's just to this day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, my favorite male video game character. I mean, you guys know. I mean, I don't have to say it. Beto. Fucking, I don't know some fucking bullshit Final Fantasy character. Joe. Fucking Who do you think my favorite male? Cloud or something. Was that what his name was? Cloud. Cloud. Maybe like fucking Rio Hayabusa or something. You guys are both wrong. What? My favorite male video game character, in all honesty, Snake. is Kiryu Kazuma. Really? Yeah. What? I love Metal Gear. Don't get me wrong. Wow. Um, if I have to, uh, this is not about Snake, but you have two characters. You have Solid Snake and you have Big Boss. Don't get me wrong, but Kojima was never given a way to wrap anything up. Yeah. You know? Um, playing through the Yakuza games, Zero, Kiwami, Kiwami 2... Uh, still haven't done three, four, or five, or six, but I did play through six. K- Kiryu has a beginning and an end, and yeah. he's been a solid character throughout all of them. Yeah. And as a character, as a male character, he has, like, he has what he believes in, his his honor, and and what he holds himself to be a respectable person. Very like a fleshed out, uh, yeah, thought a, out character. He's a thought out, fleshed out yeah, character. Yeah. And even moments where you go like, wait, he wouldn't do. It. Then he does what do uh, uh, Kiryu does. Yeah. And you just can't not admire him. You know, I, personally, like f- when playing through Zero and even playing through like finishing up uh, Yakuza Six, which they say is the last one, but yeah. it's a it's a good book end to his story. Yeah. Um. He's one of my favorite male characters. And yeah, I know it's a shock. It's not Solid Snake or Big Boss, but there's reasons for that. Um, but for me, it was just like, he's probably one of the best video game characters um, fleshed out. You're right, Bethel. Yeah. Like it fleshed out. Like it's well done. Well done character. Male character. That's a good one. Yeah. Beto. Five of your favorite original soundtracks. Yes, that's way too many. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to do five. Uh, no, I actually got them. Okay. Uh, Super Mario Brothers three. Woo! That's, uh, that's. I mean, obviously, Ninja Gaiden. I should have yeah. put Ninja Gaiden as number one because that's my my favorite. Yeah. Uh, this game's not very good, but the music in it is really good. Jordan versus Bird. Really? The music on this is really cool. fucking good. Yeah. Uh, Punch Out, obviously. And uh, Crash and the Boys. I've always liked the, the music for Crash and the Boys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's like very different, like there's, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it's, it's, there's so many songs on there that I, I really like that I, that from like, from when I was a kid and stuff. I'm just like, ding, ding. I just like it's it's fun to listen to. I downloaded it on my phone a long time ago, and every yeah. once in a while I'll, I'll play it because it's so good. Joe, five um, of your favorite original soundtracks. I had Mike Tyson's Punch Out on my thing. Um, Streets of Rage two. Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, Hotline Miami. Oh, I fucking love the Hotline that. Miami. Uh, so dark. Uh, what was the other one I had in my head? In a second. That's three or or did I give you? Yes, three. What was the other one? I just I fucking had it in my head. Oh, Mega Man Two. Another uh-huh. fucking one I love still to this day. Uh, and when you say OST, like, does it have original to be like, original? Just, just it could be anything. Yeah, right? it could be anything. The fucking uh, the uh, first uh, Grand Theft Auto Three. Def fucking Jam fantastic. Vendetta. That the first Def Jam, Jam Vendetta fucking game, man. That was like one of the yeah, very first. That, that soundtrack was fucking. It's got stop, drop. Shut him down, open up shop. I was actually gonna add Whoa. Grand Theft Auto Three because uh, that those a lot. I, I think Can't those jump. songs were done for that game. I think Some, I there like, was a good there was yeah, a the, good the, amount the, that the, were made for the Black Rob Liberty song. City. The Black Rob song was a uh, I don't know. Well, like, I was not on like none if of. I albums. was gonna cruise around uh, in a GTA game with a soundtrack. It'd be four. Five. Oh yeah, four four. Yeah, no sex for Ben. What? And Grand Theft Auto Four? No sex for Ben? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's not called No Sex for Ben. I will. I will. Miles Davis movie is fucking dope on there. I'm gonna put in the same like category, but I will say that the Saints Row games had a knack for using specific like each. It was like you know, same thing. You know, you had your radio and you could play songs, right? But there were certain moments in the game where they would play certain songs and you would start a mission and, and basically that song would play or something would happen. And Saints Rose 3 and 4 had a fucking knack for just killing moments like that where you're just like, yeah. just fucking, they just murdered it. I was like, holy fuck. Like there's a, um, there's a moment in the third Saints Row game where you parachute into a building to fucking take someone out, right? And they play fucking Kanye's Power. Yeah, I and I was like, oh, that fuck. That's there a fucking the bad. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is fucking yeah. dope. And then there's there's like another scene. I just I throw this out there because it's a lot of fun. Like where you're just, you're, 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 uh, you pick up a friend and you guys are just driving through town. It's just, it's just driving in the mission. You're going to go somewhere, but it's kind of like a long drive. And they're talking back and forth like they're catching up. And then... Um, uh, fucking what is her name? I can't even think of her name right now. Sublime's uh, a Sublime song starts playing, and both guys are talking, and then they just start fucking singing to it. Uh, and I was like, it's really fucking <laughs> cool. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's a really fucking cool part, yeah. and uh, they they're just great at doing stuff like that. Yeah, I like it when there's one uh, um, in Grand Theft Auto uh, Five. Uh, there's a mission where you where you get one of the cars, and then uh. You jump in and then you just hear sucking on my titties like you wanted me. Isn't Grand Theft Auto Five? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> now you really hear you was at the club, bottoms up, but not first met you. Uh, the first fucking Need for Speed Underground game had a fucking great I soundtrack remember. too. I like that's the first time I really heard Ti and another group, a bunch of other people. Yeah. This one like Twenty Fours was out and it was really good. Forget one license one. <laughs> Oh, uh, street. NBA, remember this, remember NBA street. Yeah, two, two. All right. Uh, five of my favorite original game soundtracks. I mean, the best Mega Man soundtrack, Mega Man Three. It's <laughs> the best one, dude. I think we already, me Beth already sided with me on that one. So no, no, he, he actually, whatever. <laughs> Final Fantasy Eight was really good. We know where his taste is at. The Legend of Zelda, The Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask, is one of my other favorite ones. 
is really is really good. Um, Busta Groove 2 soundtrack was really dope. And one of my favorite uh, video game soundtracks, Chrono Cross, was fantastic and was the first video game soundtrack I purchased. I actually imported it from Japan. So, Is that, uh, I don't know anything about Chrono Trigger. It's Chrono Trigger the second one? No, Chrono Trigger is the first one. Oh, okay. Chrono and Chrono Cross. Cross is technically the second one. But yeah, those are my five favorite ones, soundtracks. Mega Man 3 for the win. Beto. A game that not enough people talk about. Bust a Groove. Yeah. Yeah, nobody talks about that game. I don't I only know I only know two people, three people that know Bust a Groove. Mm-hmm. It's you two and my brother. <laughs> <laughs> the only people that know that know Bust a Groove. And my brother every once in a while he'll he'll do that. Buddy, 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 buddy. Oh, buddy, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers that the most. Yeah. But yeah, Bust you know, Buster Groove is like one of those first um Rhythm kind of rhythm games uh-huh. uh, that I played that I remember that not really a, not a lot of people know about. Joe, Titanfall two. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you're right. Fuck yeah, dude. It started to get more people because of Apex Legends, though. Is I it noticed. It? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, game that not enough people talk about: Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Oh fuck yeah! I fucking love it. I love that. We all love that fucking game. And when people go like, oh, Marvel's Capcom, I go like, yeah, Tatsunoko yeah, versus Capcom. And they're like, what the fuck is that? Be like, one of the best games you never played, you dumb bitch. Uh, Beto. Favorite villain? Favorite to be then. Be um, mindful of spoilers. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> um, Goombas. Goombas, yeah? Not really, but it's actually kind of a cool answer. Now <laughs> <laughs> that I think of it. But no, uh, Revolver Ocelot. He was just a fucking badass. Like, gun-wielding motherfucker. Yeah. And the third one, he was so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Throwing around his gun. Shalashaska. Joe, favorite villain? Uh, Bowser. Bowser? Uh, you mean Doug Bowser? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know if he's a villain yet. Uh, my favorite villain, uh, The Rock from Resident Evil 5. (laughs) Gonna punch that motherfucker. (laughs) Um, favorite villain, um, The Uh, End from Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Probably one of my favorite boss encounters in a game. Damn, dude, that that game had fucking great villains, though. It's fucking insane. Even the sorrow, even you don't you don't fight him, it's just fucking cool. Yeah, but the end was the shit. Yeah, dude, that fucking the end was scary. Yeah, fear was good. They they would the end would scare the fuck out of me sometimes because I try to like before you fucking kind of figure out his pattern. The first time you played it, like he would sneak up on you. What would he say? He would say something, right? Like freeze or no? He wouldn't say freeze. Fuck! What would he say? Yes. Give me back my chickens. He said that. Give me a fingernail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he just sneak up on you and just shoot you. Oh yeah, that's good. Uh, Beto, favorite game as a kid? As a kid? Yeah. Ninja Gaiden. 
Yeah, it was your favorite game as a kid. That's that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's good. Joe, favorite game as a kid. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I feel like because I have like favorite games from different time periods. Like every like I would come in and out of games as I was younger and stuff like that. Um. So I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw out because I always went back to it one way or another, no matter what. It's Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Is yeah. a game that I would always go back oh, yeah. to. For me, it, it was a toss-up. Honestly, it's just like Joe said, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out or Super Mario Brothers 3. Okay. Yeah. Since Joe chose Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, it just makes it easier. Um, Super Mario Brothers 3, dude, I can't fucking get bored of that game. Yeah. Just like Punch-Out, I just when, when I think of NES, those are my two, you know? Yeah. If anything, third, Legend of Zelda, but those are like... Fucking love those games. Yeah. Uh, but Super Mario Brothers 3, man, like... That's what made me love platformers, you know, as a kid. Again, I have more vivid memories of originally playing first Super Mario Brothers, yeah, and then playing two and being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. And then playing three and just felt Three's like just such a better it, one. It's it, it not that there was anything wrong with the first one, but it's just like, oh, it's an improvement. Much more evolved when, yeah. when you feel there, oh, an improvement because yeah, yeah. two was so different. You're like, why is it different? But yeah, that's probably one of my favorite games as a kid. So, that is the end of part one of Get to Know Me, the video game edition. We'll be back next time to discuss part two of Get to Know Me, video game edition. Well, that's going to be it for this week in Third Party Controller Podcast. If you want to send us any questions, comments, or concerns, you can send it to us at thirdpartycontrollerpodcast at gmail.com or our Instagram at thirdpartycontrollerpodcast. Yes, it's thirdpartycontrollerpodcast with a three. That was fun, guys. Did you guys like that? Did you like the... Yeah, it was cool. Yeah? <laughs> just ready to go. No, no, no. I'm, so gonna, I'm just going to... No, gonna yeah, I'm just going to follow Thanks for listening. I am your host, Jesse P.S. Libra with... Beto Esparza. And... Joe Ramirez. It may not be as good as everyone else, but we kind of get the job done. Later. Peace. I wanted to just add one more thing. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, we're about a week or so away from Yoshi's Crafted World being released. Oh, shit. I'm really fucking excited about that. Mm-hmm. I saw some more footage. I don't know if you saw that. It was on next Friday, right? Or the 22nd? Yeah. It's really fucking. Is it 22nd? I thought it was the 26th. 22nd's a Friday. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm going to get Yoshi first, then the. Well, oh, shit. You're going to really... get Yoshi? Yeah. I think it's going to be I really. Didn't, I didn't think you were interested. No. The, what, the, Making the... assumptions, Beto. Look at him. Yeah, this fucking asshole. Just because I said I didn't really care for Yoshi's Woolly World doesn't mean no, I don't no, care no. for this. No, no, no. It's because, like, you know, you're like, I can't get that. <laughs> it's like bigger, just because I said Final Fantasy VII fucking sucks doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get a Yoshi game, Jesse. <laughs> 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 <laughs>